You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Check out Freedom in Christ Movement on Facebook. Um, I've been I've been like a hawk over that group since I started it over a year ago because I really want the truth to get out there. And everybody who I allow to eventually post and teach in the group, they've got to understand the foundations of the new covenant. And the people who are in that group, they get it. They get it so well. They don't teach fear. Um, They don't teach judgment. They don't teach condemnation for Christians. Okay. Is there something to fear? Absolutely. Unbelief in Christ. You're going to be eternally separated from them. Are you going to be judged? A Christian does not get judged according to what they do. They get judged according to what Christ has done. An unbeliever gets judged according to what they do, and they're still in their sins. And is there condemnation for an unbeliever? Yes, because they've not believed. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and we are in Christ. So those teachers understand these facts, and they don't co-mingle the stuff. They don't get bored with the gospel and then go back to Moses so and I'm getting off I'm getting off track here but I want to talk about that for just a second. So many of us have social media ministries and other types of ministries and you know people don't always interact with the truth in a popular fashion and we're like I got to get more likes. I got to get more comments. I got to get more shares. So then we touch back into something that we know has nothing to do with the new covenant that we know is not going to edify anybody that we know is going to create stress or pressure or condemnation on people but we got to get that reaction here's my advice being in social media for nearly a decade now don't pay attention to your likes don't say comment on this just so you'll get more algorithm interaction let it happen let it happen Just talk about Jesus. You don't need to beg people to follow you. You don't need to beg people to share. You don't need to beg people to comment on your stuff. And I'm not judging you for that. But I'm saying, you can rest. You can let that go. You can just talk about Jesus. Talk about the simplicity of the gospel. You don't have to, um, you know, pull up a really popular celebrity and then start talking bad about them because they're doing something. Um, You can just stick to the gospel. Do that. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier that way. Um, anyway, back to the matter at hand. hand. Um, my ministry is centered on Jesus. It is centered on the new covenant. And it, it never gets boring to me. It never gets boring. So you're going to hear the same thing from me when you follow my ministry, which brings me to my next thing. If you're new to my ministry, let me introduce myself. My name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All of my books are available on Amazon if you want to check them out. They're available on uh, Kindle and paperback. And um, I don't make a fortune off my books. <laughs> you know, some people think I do this just so I can sell books. I, I, you can read all my stuff for free on my website. I just put it in a nice, neat book form so you can have it physically. So read it, don't read it. I don't care. Uh, I would love for you to read it though, but my point is I don't do this for profit. I do this because I like talking about Jesus. Um, You know, if somebody donates to my ministry, which you can do that on my website, if somebody, um, you know, sends me a check or buys a book, that all goes back into 
this ministry stuff. It costs money to write books. It costs money to have a website. <laughs> There's so many different things and avenues that I spend my own money on in order to get this message out there. It's not profitable. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, I've sold a lot of books, but even selling a lot of books does not make you rich. Okay? Between me and you, I make a very comfortable living with my full-time occupation running my business. So I'm a business owner. I've owned the same company for 20 years. The name of the business is Alarm Security, and we protect thousands of people locally, uh, businesses and homes against burglary, fire, medical emergencies, but I don't like talking about that with my ministry because that's not my focus, but I want to put that out there. I'm not a pastor. I don't run a church. I don't have a church. I'm just like you. I'm a regular person. We're the same. So you can follow my ministry with no strings attached. I'm never going to ask you for anything, but I'm going to talk more about Jesus. Okay. And I also am not going to post something just to get interaction, I'm going to post something because that's something that I'm thinking about, I'm passionate about, or something I've heard a lot about. Um, when I talk about other ministries, I never want to seem like I'm being a jerk, but I do want to talk about some of the stuff that I see out there where I'm like, come on, man, this is not necessary. And one of those things, which is what I'm going to talk about today, is... God does not break you down in order to build you up. This is not God's gym. I'm all for fitness. I'm getting exercise right now. I'm all for going to the gym. I like going to the gym. I like being strong. I like working out. But when we start commingling that with the gospel, that's error. It's not necessary. So we definitely don't need to say, number one, you got to surrender. We are never commanded to surrender to God in scripture. <laughs> that would mean that we're enemies. We're not. He is wooing us and he wants us to come to the repentance of unbelief towards belief. Once you do that, you're good to go. All the pressure is off of you. Once you believe, God doesn't start with grace and then say, I'm going to break you down more so that you'll, whatever, get stronger. God doesn't do that. God doesn't break you down to get you stronger like you would do if you were doing curls or bench presses. He's for you. He encourages you. He's not a two-faced psychopath who breaks you down, causes you harm, causes you pain, and then swoops around to the other side and says, I'm here to comfort you. Do you see that? Now we have religious leaders who do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump my brakes here because I've gone through this. Um, and there are religious breaks, breaks. There are religious breaks. I guess there would be somebody was driving a, a church van or something. Uh, but there are religious leaders who teach this way. And it, it's, it's, it just, it triggers me. I'm triggered right now even thinking about it. They make God seem like he is cruel and mean and nasty and harmful in order to break you down. Why? To teach you a lesson. No, God does not do that. God does the opposite of that. So let's talk about the things that do do that. 
Number one, planet Earth. This place we live in, it's fallen. It's decaying. It's breaking down. This will burn up and God will create a new planet. That's the first thing. Planet Earth. Death, disease, destruction. Animals killing animals. Humans killing humans. Uh, just everything. You're dying. Every second of the day, you are dying. I'm dying. Why? Because we live here. Because we live on planet Earth. Not because of God. Okay? That's number one. Planet Earth is harsh. In this world, you will have trouble. But that is not God, friend. It's this planet. God didn't cre create this planet like this. God created this place and it was good. Who flubbed it up? Our original forefathers, forefather, Adam. He messed this up. God didn't do this. We blame so much on God and we need to blame Adam. We need to blame the devil. God didn't do all this. God had a plan before this happened and he knew that this was going to be a right. And we're back. God created this place and it was good. That was probably a good thing because I can, I can <laughs> reel this in. I get worked up when I, when I talk about things that people have lost. I, get, I do get worked up about that. One of those things is planet Earth. It's fallen. Okay. What's the second thing? Let's go back to planet Earth for just another moment. I got to talk about this. Adam caused the fall, not God. Adam. God doesn't cause you pain. God knew that what Adam did would cause pain for this planet, and he still created it because he wanted an everlasting relationship with you starting now. Okay, so God doesn't cause you to suffer. Let me say that more kindly. God doesn't cause you to suffer. God doesn't cause you to suffer. That's really the way I should be saying it. Because I have to represent him how he treats everybody. And he doesn't talk to you in that attitude that I was just talking to you with. So God doesn't cause you to suffer. Planet Earth does. This is a fallen place. Now, the second thing which causes you to have pain or feel like you're being broken down is hamartia. Oh, if our church would teach this, this is a Greek word for the power of sin, hamartia. So hamartia is like gravity. It infects everything on planet earth and causes it to die and we see this in revelation when did hamartia enter this realm sin when did sin enter this realm when adam wanted the legalistic knowledge of good and evil and we see that in our churches every day they want to just talk about good and evil good and evil mm, all right i'm gonna <laughs> This is triggering me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this walk talk out today uh, because I see it on my feed too. I see it from people I follow, social media personalities, teachers. Uh, they want to point stuff out all the time of all these different people. 
They want to tell you the things you can do. But rarely do you hear them talk about believing God, trusting God, enjoying Christ in you, expressing your righteous new nature. You rarely hear that. But they want to tell you about their knowledge of good and evil. Is there a good and evil? Absolutely. But Christ didn't come to this world to condemn this world. So why should we be using our ministries to do that? Just to get more interaction. I'm not going to do it. And I've matured in this manner. But it does still bother me when I see other people doing that. And I don't want to burn bridges. But friend, please, if you're watching this and that's you, just refocus on Jesus. Please. We don't have to be sarcastic. We don't have to be nasty. There's this person I follow on TikTok and I really like this person, but their entire ministry is sarcastic, nasty, mean, rude. I see the front of this. I see it and I know where it's coming from because they've been hurt so badly. They've been hurt so badly by the church. But what they do with their ministry stirs up that hurt. And it they're come they're trying to be funny. But it's not funny. You know, every once in a while I like to make some fun. But when we when we center our teaching and our ministry and what we are expressing just as just regular people and when we're doing that in just a nasty rude sarcastic passive aggressive call different people out by name all day long and then smile and then make fun of it because they're being called names Jesus Jesus let's just I really like that person and you know, I'm not going to unfollow them or anything like that because I like them. But I don't finish their TikToks. I see it and I'm like, oh, this might be the one where they actually express how they have been hurt and are looking to heal and are looking to help other people heal from that too. But it's just not happening. Hopefully one day it will happen eventually if Christ lives in them because that's not natural for that person to continue to express such nastiness all the time and then laugh about it that will never set right with them so if they are a christian the the geyser is going to burst eventually because that makes no sense to us because we're holy we're kind we're gentle we're patient uh, we have god's divine nature that's what makes sense to us not being passive aggressive or rude um that's just not normal for us we're holy. You could, you, could, you could do that for 80 years and it will never set right with a Christian. You've been born again. Okay. So, what's the other few things that break you down other than God? Because I want to point these things out. Number one was the world, this planet. It's fallen because of Adam, what he did. Number two, hamartia. 
I'm not talking about the verbs of sinning, actions, attitudes. I'm talking about a force like gravity. Hamartia is here. Look it up. Hamartia, sin. There's sin, hamartia, and then there's the verbs of sinning, completely different. So Hamartia entered this realm when Adam no longer believed God. What, what did he not believe God about? That he was complete, that he lacked something, or that he didn't lack anything. And Satan was like, did God not say? Do you see that? All right. Um, demons and Satan. <laughs> Look, this place for right now, Satan and his demons get to roam this realm. They're real. They influence people all day, every day. This is why when you're going through a really difficult time with somebody and you want that relationship to improve or heal, you can't blame God for that. It's not, God will never take over their free will. They could be being influenced by hamartia, okay, in their brain. They could be being influenced by demonic forces, which influence people they know. They could be influenced by Satan. Now, Satan can only be one place at once. So he's not everywhere at once like God. But demons and Satan cannot possess a Christian. They can oppress the Christian. They can be around us. Um, they can cause problems around us. But we are sealed up with the Spirit. They can't touch us. First John 5 says the evil one cannot touch you. Colossians tells us Satan was disarmed at the cross. So they're weak. They have no power over you. They can't touch you. You don't have to keep going to church. To, I'm going to pump my brakes there too. The demonic realm gets too much attention. We blame everything on the devil. We blame everything on the demons. It might just be old Susie is making some dumb choices right now. Doesn't mean she's possessed. She doesn't need to go to church and have the demon cast out of her. Okay. So we got planet earth. <laughs> Let me switch hands here. We're going longer on this walk talk today. So I hope you guys got your coffee. If not, you can catch it on, on the rerun. I put these on my IGTV um, once I get done with it. So if you want to go back and watch it again. And you know what? I actually thought about uh, refurbishing these for a podcast. Be pretty simple. Just take these, take the audio, put it on a podcast. I think I'm up to like 40 episodes now. I don't know, something to think about. But you can listen to it later is what I'm saying. But if you're listening to this live, thank you. Thanks for joining me. God's not breaking you down to build you up. He's for you. He's not against you. It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. How does God deal with you? With love, with joy, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, with gentleness. He actually deals with you with self-control. He doesn't get out of control and spit and scream and all that other mess. So, um, we don't work at God's gym. You know what? I actually wrote like that in my first book. True Purpose in Jesus Christ. I wrote a whole chapter on comparing our life in Christ to working out at the gym and how 
the more we work at this, the stronger we'll get. But when I learned the truth, I, I went back and rewrote that in my book. That book went from being about this thick to this thick. You can see that about this thick to this thick. Why? Because there is a lot of fat to trim. There's a lot of stuff in that book where I was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. But I wrote that before I understood the truth of the new covenant. The new covenant trims so much fat and it gets rid of all this extra stuff that is not necessary that we don't have to focus on. And one of those things was working really hard to get stronger. Like you're at the gym. I like being strong. I like looking good in a t-shirt. I'm 40 and I feel like I'm 20. You know, I just enjoy being fit. It's just who I am. But I don't compare this to what you can do in your relationship with Christ. If anything, in your relationship with Christ, I'll tell you to do the opposite. Work hard at resting. Don't work. Rest. Yeah, I said that. Don't work, rest. You can rest. Because you know what's going to happen? Once you understand that I don't have to do anything, you do stuff. And you do it for the right reasons. You don't do it because you're working out. You don't do it because you're going to the gym, God's gym. Um, we don't mix in faith with fitness. Uh, as far as comparing it to the gospel. It, it, it's, they're, they're opposites. And all my all my type A personality people out there, I'm sorry. I'm, I understand how this feels for you because I was like, what? That's everything I talk about. <laughs> you know, I I tell people you need to read your Bible more. I tell people you need to go to church. I tell people you need to be obedient. I tell people you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. What am I going to do now? What you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, Matt's just telling them they can go sin. He must be struggling with some type of secret sin himself. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, you love it. You love it because you know that chatter's coming. You know those accusations are coming. And as you rest more, that stuff doesn't bother you. As you understand, <laughs> this life in Christ is pretty simple. Then you start doing authentic things. Then you start being yourself. Then you start understanding, you know, Christ really did finish everything for me. Christ did all the work. You know, I posted on TikTok the other day. Uh, was it yesterday? It was two days ago. Um, and it was about the um, the mark of the beast. And, you know, my take on the mark of the beast is that it is symbolic. If you read Revelation, the entire book of Revelation is symbolic. And the problem is, if you're not taking Revelation symbolic, you got a lot of splaining to do. Lots of splaining to do. And um, it is, it's symbolic. So the problem is so many people for so long have tried to say so-and-so is this and that is this. 
that the massive masses have believed that. So the mark of the beast is definitely symbolic. Read the book of Revelation. Do this. If you don't think that the mark of the beast is symbolic, read Revelation front to back. And then I want you to email me and I want you to break down every individual chapter. You don't even have to give me details. I just want you to give me a summary of every chapter because I've read it and I almost wrote on it. And I'm like, if I'll, I'll be lying to people if I write, write about this in any specificity. So the mark of the beast is symbolic. It is based on who you naturally follow. Even if you look at the passage, and when I say that, I mean, John is referring to a verse from Deuteronomy 6, 8. Go read Deuteronomy 6, 8, 6, 8. And these will be a symbol on your hands and on your head. He even says symbol in Deuteronomy 6, 8. So I talked about that in the video and I said, it's symbolic. Don't be afraid. Christ is going to take care of you. I had so many people commenting that Jesus will not take care of you if you take the mark of the beast. You believe that? Jesus will not take care of you. <laughs> Are you sure you've ever believed? I'm not calling them, I'm not saying they're not Christians, but that is the foundation of your entire life after death is Jesus taking care of you. So how are you going to say that a literal mark, which is not literal, is somehow going to stop Jesus from taking care of you? What about no one will snatch them out of my hands? What about I will never leave you? I'll never forsake you. What about you've died and your life is hidden with God in Christ? What about all these promises? They don't count? I think they count. Morning. But my point is, we don't make a big deal of Jesus in our churches. We make a big deal of stuff to be afraid of. So then when I try to build up confidence in people's minds about Jesus, it is like, it does not compute. It does not compute. It does not compute. This is why we've got to talk about Jesus more. Jesus. Have, have confidence in Jesus. That's the whole point. That was the whole point of the video. Even at the very end, I said, Jesus will keep you safe. Jesus will keep you safe. Oh, no, he won't. But he will, friend. He'll keep you safe. Oh. All right. So we got the world. Hamartia, demonic forces. None of those things are God. None of those things are breaking you down to build you up. What else do we got? Uh, unrenewed mindsets. Unrenewed mindsets. That's another thing. You know, no disrespect to this person who commented when I first went live here, but, and I, I'm not picking on you, but you said, if God loves me, why does he cause me to suffer? That's an unrenewed mindset. That's 
That's mistaking God with your suffering. That's a thought. That's not God. Unrenewed minds. You know, the people uh, on my TikTok the other day, Jesus won't keep me safe. You're a liar. You're deceiving people. The mark is real. You'll answer for this. You'll be in the hottest place of hell. That's a mindset. Those people could be saved. But when they think that God is treating them that way, they're going to treat me that way. When they think God is going to abandon them, and then I am encouraging people that God never will, that's an unrenewed mindset, friend. So we got to re- we got to renew our mind to the truth. This is why it's it's so important. You know, I get these Q and A's that I do on my story here, and if half of those questions. If half of those people in, in all those hundreds of questions just knew how safe they were, knew it in, your, in their mind, they are safe, but they just don't know it. They wouldn't blame God for so many different difficult situations in their lives. They would thank God while they were in those difficult situations because they know that he's still there and he never leaves them, that he's going to work everything out for a greater good, even if they don't get to see that greater good you know, on this side of heaven, they're content. So, um, all right. I think there's one more I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, our own choices. Our own choices can cause us to suffer. You know, God is a God of mercy and, and he, he, wants to use your poor choices for a greater good, and he will. He always does. But sometimes we have earthly consequences which bring suffering for our own choices. When I do and say stupid things, I'm setting myself up for difficulties. That's not God doing that. That's me. That's my own poor choices. Um... We reap what we sow on earth, on earth, okay? But we reap what Jesus has sown in heaven. Two different things. We reap what we sow here, and God's a God of mercy. He's going to go before us. He's going to work everything out somehow for his overall plan. Um, But it's not God who makes your choices. It's not God who makes my choices. So sometimes our suffering comes because we just, we ignored the guidance of the Holy Spirit for so long. For example, when I was still struggling with alcoholism, I had tons of turmoil in my life. I was saved. But I was the one who kept putting the bottle and the can and the glass up to my mouth. God wasn't doing that. I was reaping what I was sowing. You know, my relationships were falling apart. I was struggling that business. Uh, Not getting new business, but managing it. I was struggling with my health. Um, I was struggling just with confidence. I had hangovers all the time. I was spending way too much money on stupid stuff. I was driving drunk. Dumb choices. But by the grace of God... I'm not in prison right now. 
I could have easily killed somebody driving drunk. Stupid. My choice. God didn't do that. So say I did get drunk. And then I did get behind a wheel. And then I wrecked my car into a family and I killed all of them. And then I'm in prison for the rest of my life. That's my choice. God didn't bring that suffering on me. God didn't put me in prison. God was the one kept saying, give it up. Give up alcohol. You cannot drink. It's not for you. That's what he kept saying to me. Some people can drink. They can take it or leave it. They can have a beer, glass of wine, whatever. I can't do that. I tried for from the time I was 15 to the time I was 32. I could never pull it off with any consistency. When I controlled my drinking, I couldn't enjoy it. When I enjoyed my drinking, I couldn't control it. And it's an obsession in my mind once I start. Once I get that first sip in me, boom, it's off to the races. It doesn't matter how how I talk to myself beforehand. Okay, I'm just gonna have, I'm just gonna buy what I'm gonna drink. I'm just gonna buy these two tall boys and this one shooter. No, I'm gonna pound that and then I'm gonna go to the gas station drunk and get some more. It just, it's not for me. But all the stupid things that I did didn't make me stupid. It just means I was doing stupid things. And then those stupid things, those stupid decisions would cause me suffering. But it's better now. I've been sober since May 8th, 2014. And life's much better. So if, you, if you're considering giving it up because you think you have a problem, do it. Do it. Give it up. But if you don't have a problem, if you don't have a problem with alcohol, I would buy you a drink. I'm not against alcohol. Jesus turned water into wine. There's nothing wrong with alcohol, but there's something wrong with me drinking it. I can't. <laughs> All right. So my own decision. So I think those are the, the handful of things I wanted to touch on today. Um, got a lot of people watching this live right now. And I appreciate you guys sticking with me this lot, this long, but just want to summarize what we are really being broken down by. And we aren't being broken down. We're, we're, we're strong. We are in Christ. We are new creations, but the things that attempt to break us down is the world, planet earth. We're going to get a new one. Okay. This is all going to burn up. Hamartia. Don't overlook this. Do some research on it. Hamartia, sin, the power of sin. It's here. It won't be in heaven. Okay? And then we have demonic forces. They have no power over you. As a Christian, if you're an unbeliever, they can possess you. They can pester you. They can influence you. They can appear as an angel of light. Um, they can even appear as dead relatives. No such thing as ghosts, but there are demons. Um, then what else do we have? Unrenewed mindsets. Those things cause us to suffer. That's why it's so important that we get a, a steady dose of truth, a steady dose of truth, a steady dose of grace. You know, this is why I tell you, if you're hearing this on a regular basis at church, don't go to church. Don't go to church. If you hear covenant mixture teaching, of mixing in Moses with Jesus every single week, don't go. That's going to taint your mindset. 
you have to have a steady dose of grace, steady dose of truth. There's this other personality that I follow on TikTok. I love this person. Seems real sweet. But they get on there and they're super passive aggressive. And then they use themselves as their worst example. And then they call themselves a dummy. They said the other day, one of the most bonehead decisions or the bonehead decision. No, the most bonehead decisions I make is when I'm not in church. The most bonehead decisions that I make is when I'm not in church. But when I'm in church, I make great decisions. I didn't comment. I didn't stitch it. But I wanted to say this is where abuse happens. Where you tell people they're going to make bad decisions and that they're boneheads because they don't want to go to a place that abuses them or to a place that lies to them or to a place that makes them feel like a bag of crap every single time they leave or to a place that extorts them. Double talk, double talk, double talk, double talk, error. It doesn't matter where you go. It matters the message. If you're going to a place that teaches a bonehead message, you're gonna be a, you're not gonna be a bonehead, but you're going to have bonehead thoughts. You're still gonna be a child of God, child of God but you're gonna struggle with the unrenewed mindsets, unrenewed thoughts. So I'm not against you going to church. Go, go, if you wanna go. If this, if this topic just is a hot button for you, keep going, listen to it, deal with it. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. I'm not doing it. Somebody messaged me the other day. They said, do you know any local church I can go to around here? No. I don't. Our identity is not found in a building. You're complete as you are. And if you keep going to a building that teaches you error, pressures you, Enforces hierarchies. Says females are less than males. I'm getting triggered here. <laughs> so I'm going to dial it back in. But it's about what that place focuses on. What's the message? Is it Jesus? Is it grace? Or are we mixing in 613 commandments in with the gospel. So that will definitely taint your mindset. So that will cause you suffering too. Your mindset. Okay? And then your own choices. So sometimes we make bad choices. You know, sometimes those choices are worse than others. But at the end of the day, no matter what choice we make, we are eternally secure Jesus will always keep you safe from hell Jesus will always give you the same exact reward in heaven him uninterrupted by anything you're not doing anything to earn extra stuff in heaven grace doesn't end when you die it explodes so you're not doing anything now to earn rewards plural in heaven the word rewards plural is not in scripture, but the reward of the inheritance is when you get to heaven, God is not going to tally up what you did right and wrong. He's going to say, I'm glad you're here. Probably something a lot better than that, but he's not going to refer to 
anything that you've done because of Jesus. But your decisions will have earthly consequences. I make mistakes too. I've dealt with many consequences by my own poor choices. And it wasn't God that was causing that suffering. It was me. It was my choices. So, um, so I hope that has encouraged you guys today. I know, um, I know this might be different for you. Might be a little weird hearing some of the things I say, but check it all out. Go look it up. Compare everything I say with um, what the Holy Spirit tells you through the gospel. And how do you know if ultimately it's the truth? I don't know all truth, but I know who is the truth. It's Jesus. Our focus has to be on Jesus. It's got to be the message of grace. We cannot mix in the ministry of death, which is Moses. 613 commandments, which included the Ten Commandments with Jesus. We don't need the Ten Commandments. We don't need any of the commandments. We have the commandments of Christ. If you love Jesus, you will keep his commandments, not Moses's. Jesus's commandments are believe and love. They aren't burdensome. Jesus can be trusted for his forgiveness and his morality. You don't need the moral part of the law to know morality. You've got the spirit, friend. You can trust Jesus for his forgiving blood and also for his spirit. He's in you. He, he guided me as I did this walk talk. You know, several times I got triggered. <laughs> and when I get triggered, me being a little kid in foster homes and going to, you know, 10 different schools, when I was little and I, I, my mindset was being formed on how to get my needs met, it was to fight. I will fight you. I will get that bottom bunk, you know. I'll get that piece of chicken, you know. Uh, I'll get the attention of that foster parent or whoever. I, so when I get triggered, those things happen in my mind. When I think about trauma and when I start thinking about some of the things that's happened to me in church. And then Jesus is like, relax, 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 relax. That's how, that's how it works. That's how it works. That's the relationship. So I can trust Jesus for my salvation, for his forgiveness, for moment by moment guidance. You know, I don't stop and say, oh, did I just break a commandment? No, I listen. I don't always, but that's the relationship. My point is you have everything you need right now for life and godliness. You lack nothing. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. He guides you. You are perfect. You know, that's another thing we hear. I'm not perfect. Nobody will ever be perfect. But you actually are. I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about who you are. Hebrews 10, 14 says, by one offering, you have been made perfect. You are perfect. What makes you perfect? Jesus, the blood of Jesus. What if you weren't perfect? Then he couldn't make his home in you. You're perfect. And he is perfecting your actions and attitudes. Do you see that? Do you see the difference? 
when we don't intermingle our who with our do and we get those things separate, this gets false humility out the door, out the window. There's another person I follow on social media. I just love this person so much, but they struggle with false humility. You know, they'll do so many good, positive uh, gospel posts. And then I'll see something where they start talking bad about themselves. And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't talk bad about yourself. You can, if you want to, if you want to say what you did, that's fine. But don't say that's who you are. You are perfect. You're perfect. You are perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're righteous. You're holy. You're blameless. Why? Not because of what you've done or not done. It is because of Christ in you. It's because of what Christ has done to you. You died. Your imperfect self died on the cross. You are perfect now. So, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and put a button on this or a ribbon on it and button it up. I don't know if you guys can even see me. My, my screen went dim about 10 minutes ago. So I can barely see. It looks like we still have quite a few people on the live here, but... If you guys are watching and you want to watch some more of my uh, walk talks, that's what this is. This is called a walk talk. You could go to go to my profile, go over to the videos tab. I think I'm up to 40 episodes now. I don't know, but I started these. And if you want, if you want to hear more of me, go to my go to my profile, go over to my videos tab, and then go to the series called Walk Talks. So, so hope this has been encouraging to you today. I hope it has built up some confidence in who Jesus is and who you are. And always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You are perfect. You are righteous. You are holy. You are blameless. You're a child of God. You cannot lose your salvation. You cannot forfeit your salvation. The blood of Jesus is greater than all of your sins every sin you will ever commit. God does not break you down to build you up. You are not broken. You are whole. You might have broken thoughts, broken broken coping mechanisms, broken actions and attitudes, but you, you're, you're whole. There's nothing broken about you. So always tell the truth about yourself. All right, guys, until next time. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.